The following program is sponsored by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom. But I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Boy, are we ever today. I really am super excited about this show. I'm going to enjoy it, <laughs> even if nobody else is. Uh, we'll introduce our guest here in just a minute. I, I wanted to say just a couple quick things before we get going. Uh, first of all, on my way into the show today in, in beautiful Denver right now, the temperature is incredible. This is why I live in, in Denver now and not Minnesota. Um, it, it, I was listening, actually, to somebody else's show, to, to Dennis Prager and, and to George Will having a conversation. And, and they brought up the fact that in all of these political conversations that we're having about the economy and about um, racism and about division in this country and all kinds of other things, that, that very few people are pointing to the disintegration of the family. And that being the cause behind so much of what's going on in our country, because a lot of people don't want to admit it. And one statistic that they brought up is that now, I believe I got this right, women under 30, the majority, meaning over 50% of them, do not live with the father of their children. Over 50% of women in their 20s and, and I guess, teens do not live with the father. And and whether that's politically correct or not to say, that causes problems. I love every mom who listens to the show. So I love the divorced moms and the single moms and, and the widowed moms. And, and, and I don't mean that from a judgmental standpoint. What I mean it from is let's take this seriously. Let's work on moms. Let's work on families. Let's work on marriages because that stuff is what leads to the deterioration of all the other things that are going wrong in our society. Having said that, I do want to send another shout out to my friend Michelle Couchat and all the women that, that turned out for our Channel Mom coffee. Look, the, the whole world, in, in many cases, at least in our popular culture, ignores the importance of motherhood. So, so we try to do it here at Channel Mom and say, hold on a second, you know, without moms, the world would be dead. I mean, literally, the plants would be dead, the dogs would be dead, the pets would be dead, the children would be dead. Dads are fabulous, and I know mo- some dads do keep their children alive, but, but we need the mothers, and we need to lift them up and encourage them, and that's why we exist. We had a great Channel Mom coffee. I hope you'll come to the next one uh, with uh, author Michelle Couchat, and she, she was very encouraging, and it was a room full of moms who agreed to drop the division and just come together and support each other and not be competitive and comparing and all the things that sometimes happens in a mommy world, especially on Facebook. Uh, it, it was wonderful and, and it was a blessing to be a part of. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're a mom that would like to just prove to your child that God exists because you'd rather they grow up with a faith in God than not a faith in God. And actually, by the way, even moms that don't have faith themselves, I've, I've met over the years, They still want their own children to have faith because they think it will make for a better life. So we're going to talk about this conversation today with the expert. I've got a little song I'm going to play for him here in just a second. But I'm talking about Dr. Michael Gillen. He's a very intelligent man. He's got the desire, a deep, deep desire, and has had for many years to create what I call a BFF situation between science and the Bible. To say that they're actually great friends and not enemies. In fact, he calls them the ultimate power couple. 
And I know that not every mom who listens to us has faith in God or in the Bible, but just about every mom I've met would like their children to have some kind of faith. And so today we're going to touch on that on this show today because Dr. Gillen has written a new book called Amazing Truths, How Science and the Bible Agree. There's a newsflash. Uh, he is a former Harvard instructor. He's the, an ABC News science editor. He's done amazing things with his life and his study of science to, to bring that into the realm of believing in God. I think we may have just lost him. I think I heard a phone line drop. Uh, so I want to see if we can play the song that is our grand introduction to Dr. Gillen. science. It's not to say that Dr. Gillen practices weird science, but sometimes science is weird. <laughs> so I am blessed and honored to welcome Dr. Michael Gillen to Channel Mom. Welcome, Dr. Gillen. Hi, Jenny. I love that song, and I'm, I'm just so happy to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I really cannot wait to have this conversation. Uh, <laughs> I, I really can't. Um, I, I know there are a lot of women out there, and there are all kinds of stereotypes. We stereotype the scientific world that they all hate God, and we stereotype the believing world that they're all ignorant of science. And then there are moms stuck in the middle, not sure what to tell their child. They don't want their child to, to do poorly in school if, if, if they walk in and saying the Bible's completely true, and, and they don't want their child to be talked out of something, yet some some moms may be concerned that they're not sophisticated if they believe the Bible's true because science may have disproven it. You're here to say, no, 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 that hasn't happened. So, so let's just talk very briefly. Is it, have we gone past the place that says that science and the Bible disagree or that science disproves God? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody, my, my first piece of advice, and I'm a parent, I'm a parent of a 16-year-old, so I'm speaking as a parent, not only as a scientist and as a Christian, the first thing to do is just, first of all, take a deep breath. Science has not discovered anything that disproves or discredits the Bible or uh, God, and, and is not likely to for a whole variety of reasons that I, that I discuss in the book. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that people need to understand, and moms in particular need to understand, that science itself is neutral on the subject of whether God exists or not, which is to say God, science is not in a, a position by definition, science is not in a position to prove or disprove God. So when you hear an atheist or when you hear somebody saying to you, well, you see, science has proven that God doesn't exist or God is obsolete, God is just a superstition, and the Bible is nothing but a bunch of fables, they don't know what they're talking about. That's, that's the second thing. Um, at the same time, having said that, uh, uh, science deserves our respect because, quite frankly, it is probably the most effective way we have for using our minds alone to understand creation, to, to you know, to discover what God has created, and that's what what I consider to be the most exciting thing about science. So, the one thing moms should not do is to kind of browbeat science and 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 kind of retreat to the default position of so many Christians, which is a disaster which is to start, you know, saying science doesn't know what it's talking about, science is anti-God, anti-Bible, it's not true. Um, so I, I think you begin the discussion there. I've always encouraged my child from a very young age, uh, I mean preschool, elementary school, it's never too young, 
to demonstrate and to urge them to be inquisitive, to yeah. encourage questioning. And so many moms and so many dads are afraid of questions. You know, it's like if a kid asks, you know, dad, mom, does, does God exist? And he goes, gasp, you know, how can he be asking that question? <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it's, it's hard to answer. And, and, and so I've always been, I've always been really straightforward with my son. And I said, look, baby, if you have a question, just ask. And I, I want to encourage you to a- ask questions, even after you've decided that God does exist, even after you've decided on your own that the Bible makes sense, that it's a book of truths, uh, you ought not to stop asking questions. So yeah. uh, that's how I would start the conversation, Jenny. Thank you. And thank you for making the point you just made, because there is a dangerous antagonism that exists between science and Christians and Christians and science going both ways, I think. And, oh, and absolutely. And that we and, and some Christians have now written off science and said they're all atheists. They, they all don't believe in God. When you go to university, all the scientists are going to teach you there is no God. And, and that's dangerous, too, just as dangerous as scientists who do actually say there is no God. But but I'd like to think that's not every scientist. So so um, let, let's land there for a little bit before we go on and talk about your book. Uh, the antagonism is it kind of unreal is it is uh, do we have misperceptions on both sides you know yes first of all there are misperceptions on both sides no question about it and 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 and, and i think the misperceptions are fed by a kind of a mutual ignorance and a mutual fear okay um my, my, my as far as the antagonism look uh as far as as, as god being being atheist Here's what's interesting. There, there, there has been a poll taken of scientists dating back to the 30s, uh, and people can look it up on the Internet, um, that find consistently uh, – and back in the 30s when it was first taken, it found that scientists, as a rule, physical scientists, um, 40% of them believe in a personal god. Didn't ask about whether they just believe in, like, in a deistic god. So presumably if 40% of, of physical scientists – say that they believe in a personal God, i.e. a Christian God, yeah. then even more percentages than that will believe in some kind of higher intelligence. If you, in other words, if you allow more flexibility in, in asking the question. And what was interesting is at that time, the guy who took the poll predicted that as science evolved, as science discovered more and more about the universe, that that number would decline precipitously. In other words, as if to say that the smarter we get, the less less we're likely to believe in God. Well, guess what? That poll has been repeated more than once, and more recently, it's still holding at the same <laughs> at the same level. Yeah. So, so I want to just dispel this impression that many people have that scientists are all atheists. When I was at ABC News, I did Good Morning America, Nightline 2020, I, I kind of kept my belief in God and my Christian faith um, under a, a basket. And I'm not proud of that. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you the way it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember, though, it was in the, 90, uh, the 90s, I was uh, reporting on a very controversial uh, uh, biological, uh, biology experiments, genetic experiments. And I said on air, on Good Morning America, um, I, I don't go along with that research. I'm concerned about that research, not only as a scientist, but as a scientist who happens to believe in God. And I went like, oh, my gosh, what have I just done? My whole career is going to end because of the antagonism people you know, yeah. have. Um, and uh, just the opposite happened, Jenny. It was amazing outpouring. My producer afterwards said, oh, my gosh, the, the switchboards are lighting up in New York. You're getting email by the dozens. I, I, and I'm not kidding you. I even had more than one 
set of parents uh, uh, offering to introduce their daughters to me. And, uh, and it was, so it was a real, I, what I'm saying here is that, yes, there is this wide misperception because a lot of the emails I received after that was from people who said, you know, I've been watching you for years on Good Morning America. I just assumed yes. that because you were a scientist, you didn't believe in God. That's right. So and, I, and I have to interject there true. because we need to go to commercial. But um, th- by the way, the media, when polled, is much more likely to, to be atheistic, to not believe in God than, than yes. scientists, which is so yes. it's, it's a wonderful thing that you admitted it in the media and you got this outpouring from the public, maybe not necessarily the media. OK, we're going to be right back cool? with Dr. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. We're going to be right back with Dr. Michael Gillen and more about the proof of God in science and the proof of the Bible here on Channel Mom. Need an excuse to drive a few miles to a beautiful place with delicious food? Let me tell you about one of my favorite places to eat in Colorado. Down home, good cooking, old school, and family friendly, it's the Cutthroat Cafe. Chick Thomas is one of those guys who's created an eating establishment where customers feel like family. Nestled in Bailey, Colorado, next to a sparkling river and national forest, enjoy a getaway to the Cutthroat Cafe on your way to Breckenridge, just off Highway 285 in Bailey, Colorado. Hey, this is Jenny from Channel Mom, and if you'd like a savvy real estate tip for winter, listen to Michelle Walters. If you're thinking about buying a home, now is a great time to start. The Fed is probably going to raise interest rates continually over the next few months, so get that mortgage rate locked in now. Awesome advice. Hey, if you want to check out Michelle, go to SuburbanDenverProperties.com. That's SuburbanDenverProperties.com, where she makes it her mission to find you your real dream home. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom, where we're talking about science, proving God in the Bible, believe it or not. I do want to remind you to please go visit my friends at the Cutthroat Cafe in Bailey, Colorado. If you're headed up to the mountain this winter, maybe going skiing, stop in there. They've got great old school uh, atmosphere and and comfort food and down-home cooking. I'd be honored if you'd go in and see Chip and uh, the folks at the Cutthroat Cafe in Bailey along Highway 285. Okay, we are back with Dr. Michael Gillen, and we're going to get into some of the meat of his book here. The title of his new book is called Amazing Truths, How Science and the Bible Agree. Amazing Truths, I guess some people would say, How Science and the Bible Agree. He's trying to bridge this chasm where Christians are skeptical of scientists and some scientists may be skeptical of Christians. It's really not as bad as we think it is. There's more agreement there, and he's trying to prove that in this book. You talk about 10 objective truths uh, on which science and the Bible agree, Dr. Gillen. If you were to say to to the moms in our audience today, look, grab a hold a couple of these, which ones would you like to rest on? Why don't you start with the first one you'd like for a mom to understand that she can tell her son or daughter, hey, look, this is what science says. And by the way, the same thing said in the Bible. Well, that that's an easy one. And it's a very important question. And, and it's the first one I deal with in the book, which is that absolute truth exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's start there because that that's an argument nowadays. I mean, you know, in today's postmodern world, suddenly – uh, truth has become relative. You know, truth is just like one uh, is like an ice cream flavor, and people are being encouraged to just pick what flavor they like. Um, and so we get this notion that you know, um, your truth may not be my truth, but you're okay and I'm okay, and it, it's okay with the universe. Well, no, it isn't. Uh, and so I deal right off the bat in this book with the I think just amazing, more than amazing. Uh, revelation that guess what? Science and the Bible both agree that absolute truth 
does exist, that there is an absolute right and an absolute wrong. And for a mom raising a child, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, because but, I, I don't know about you, but Jenny, uh, you know, one of the first things that, you know, we taught our son and are teaching our son is, baby, there is an absolute right and an absolute wrong. Don't let anybody else tell you that. And now he may think of me as a Bible thumper, but then what you say is, no, baby, you know what? It's not just the Bible saying that. It's science as well. Yeah, isn't that so interesting? These, that is so interesting because our culture is so mushy now, and it's all good, oh, it's and mushy, it's all relative. Absolutely. And and it's great for you to be able to say, hey, by the way, it's not just Bible-believing daddy here. Science backs me up on this. There are rights and wrongs and absolute truths. And, and let me give you a quick example. Okay. Uh, let's say you and I are in a tall building and we decide to jump off. But that's nothing we're really going to do, but let's just pretend. Okay, okay. okay. And uh, now according to science, never mind, let's set aside the Bible for a moment. The science says that you and I will fall at the same rate. Uh, the acceleration of gravity is 32 feet per second per second, right? In other words, what science is saying to us is that there is not a gravitational truth for Jenny and another gravitational truth for Michael. We, there is only one gravitational truth in the universe, and we are both held accountable to that. Now, look at the Bible. The Bible says the same thing. There is not one God for you and one God for me. There is one God in the universe, and we are all held accountable to that God. So here is just a, I get into much more detail in the book, but just a quick illustration of what I mean when I say that science and the Bible both agree that there is, an abs- there is absolute truth, there's an absolute right and wrong. So that's one of the huge things. It is huge. It is huge. That's the first one you touch on in the book. Now, the other thing, now, the other truth I would just call out out of the 10, although I love all 10, I mean, uh, but I know our time is limited, is this notion, you know, as Christians, we're taught that Jesus was fully man and fully God. And to the unbelieving world, that's just nonsense. It's like, how could that be? I mean, that just, that's just Christianese. That's just Christian nonsense. Yeah. Well, uh, look at, again, let's set aside the Bible for a moment. Let's see what science has to say on the subject. For the longest time, science always believed that something was either a particle or it was a wave. It couldn't be one or the other. And particles and waves are opposites. Particles have a very definite shape. And they're that same shape, whether they're in air and water and molasses. Waves don't have a very definite shape. They kind of are smeared out. And waves are different, whether they're in air or whether in water or molasses. So the, the, the most important thing for you to understand is that, according to science, for the longest time, if something was a particle, it could not possibly be a wave. And if something was a wave, it could not possibly be a particle. Well, lo and behold, in 19, in the early 1900s, right around 1905, Einstein and others came up with the discovery that, hey, that's not true. And they've just, they, they found evidence, very definitive evidence, that light, for example, which for the longest time was put in the wave category. Scientists always thought, no, light falls in the wave category. And what Einstein and others discovered is, guess what? Light is both a wave and a particle. It's not half and half. It's fully a wave and fully a particle. And that was like saying something was simultaneously even and odd. Something was simultaneously black and white. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Simultaneously yeah. empty and full. So it was like, it sounded like contradictory nonsense, but it was, it was the foundation of quantum mechanics. So here we have another brilliant example of how what science has, the truth that science has come upon on its own, using its own methods, is, is identical to the truth that the Bible has always been trumpeting, which is, in this case, that Jesus embodied these supposed opposites, that he was fully man, fully God. So you can tell your child, look, you may read the Bible, and something may seem like nonsense to you. Something may defy common sense. And, and even others, your friends or your teachers, might tell you, you see, 
point to that in the Bible and say, you see why the Bible is so stupid and so nonsensical? It's telling you to believe that somebody could be both God and man. That's utter nonsense. We know that. Well, now that child and that mom can say, you know what? Well, science has come upon the, the very same truth. So it's not nonsense. Yeah, that's so I would say I would just call out those two truths, Jenny, but truthfully, all 10 of them are really profound. And the reason we call the book Amazing Truths is because given this climate, given this widespread misperception that the Bible and science are somehow like divorced parents and we have to choose between the two, we have to choose between mom and dad, nothing could be further from the truth. They're amazing because, in fact, science and the Bible have come upon in their own way, in their own time, have come upon the very same truth. That's more than amazing. Well, it's awesome is what it is. And and that's yes, why I, I yes. see God behind it, because God is in science, in, in my estimation. And I, I yes. think you, you've been in Lee Strobel's books and maybe Philip Yancey, and um, I've had them both on the show. And and I, I love that you have tackled this and said, I'm, I'm not going to just assume that we have to have this disagreement, this chasm between science and the Bible. That you touched on one, and I want to rest here for just a couple minutes so moms can understand, the awesomeness that is seen in science that translates into what the Bible says. And it happens again and again. I mean, even there, there are intimations in the Bible that the earth is round, I think. I mean, there are all kinds of things you find in the Bible and you think, oh my goodness, this is scientific. Um, the, yeah. li- the light, you, you talk about how the way in which the Bible confirms God as light and how science kind of honors light as, as almost an unmeasurable thing, which would match with what God says about himself and light. Absolutely. There's a perfect example where the Bible says God is light. It doesn't say that God is like light. The Bible is emphatic. It says God is light, and he's supreme. And look on the science side. What we've discovered in the past century is that light does also occupy a supreme position in the universe. So isn't that, again, amazing that both science and the Bible have come upon the same thing, that light holds this exalted position? I'll give you another example. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And what's amazing, and and it's one of the chapters in my book, is I talk about how science, just in the last, hmm, just like, like even in the last 50 years, has discovered the truth of this, namely that uh, and I'm just going to cut to the chase. I explain it all in the book. But yeah. what science has discovered is that 95%, 95%, Jenny, of the universe is unseen yeah. to us. Amen. It's in the dark. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And yet that's exactly what the Bible has been saying all along. So no matter how you cut it, whether you approach this book as a believer, I think you'll find your 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 belief bolstered and you will feel that you don't, you're, you're not an ignoramus because you believe in the Bible and you defend the infallibility of the Bible. But if you come to this book as an unbeliever, and I and I invite unbelievers to read this book, then you're going to be challenged. Yeah. You're going to be challenged because at the very least, you are not going to be able to say that the Bible is full of nonsense. You are not going to be able to say that the Bible is full of fables. At the very least, you're not going to be able to say that because both science and the Bible agree on these 10 biggie truths. These are not tiny, teeny, weeny truths. These are 10 big truths fundamental truths, which means that science and the Bible pretty much share the same worldview. 
I know it's awesome, and 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 God, and, and in my estimation, and I'm and I'm very open to to women who are not where I'm at because I want to love every mom as best I can. In, in my Absolutely. estimation, it's no surprise that we find God in science and that we find uh, the truths in the Bible is in in some ways proven by science. So thank you for writing this book. How do people find you? There are going to be moms today who think oh, I need I need this. That you know maybe they're moms who <laughs> homeschool or moms who are trying to contradict what what their child may be learning elsewhere. And I'm not going to belittle all schools. My husband is a public school principal and and he doesn't come at this stuff saying you know th- there is no god and we, we we have to stand on separation of of and by the way i'm not going to get him in trouble here but s- separation of church and state there are a lot of reasonable public school teachers and administrators so i don't want to create another war there but but i know right. there are moms that are going to want to get a hold of this book for the sake of their children so their children can maintain faith and study science so so how do they find amazing truths how science and the bible agree and you dr gillen well, it's everywhere, truthfully. Even Walmart has chosen to, to sell this title, which is amazing because there are thousands of books published every month, as you know, and Walmart selected this. So it's on Walmart. It's on Amazon right now. It's uh, number one bestseller in science and religion. Uh, it, just, the last time I looked, it's number one uh, best. Uh, uh, it's in new releases in science and religion. So you can Barnes & Noble, Amazon, okay. Walmart. You can get it anywhere. Awesome. And um, I, I do recommend – I'm not – Believe me, I'm not in this to sell books. I didn't even want to write this book, to be honest with you, Jenny, but I was impelled to write it. And I really want to encourage parents because it's tough being a mom and mom yes. in today's world. Yes. It's really it, tough. And they need all the ammunition they get. And this book will provide them with that ammunition. Easy to read. I make it very entertaining. It's full of anecdotes from my life on television. Um, you, it's you good stuff. In television, you'll know how much yes. fun that stuff is. Yeah, <laughs> and we have to we have to go. But um, I I wish you well in your parenting. I I'm blessed by this book, and I hope it sells well. So so God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Gillen. My pleasure, Jenny. Anytime. God bless you. Thank you so much. Okay, that's it. I hope this was a help to a lot of moms and some dads out there today. If you want to help us, we're a nonprofit. Help us stay on the air. Help us reach moms on the ground with all kinds of things that we do on the ground to help mothers. Moms need honor and encouragement and advice like this today. Go to ChannelMom.com and push donate to Channel Mom. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.